0: Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hey Andrea.
1: Hi Leon. Hi. Hi.
0: Episode two. Episode two. So what are we do in episode two? We're talking. Talking. Yeah. Podcasting, huh?
1: Podcasting.
0: Pod podcasting. Doing that thing where we talk to Mike. Um So we're talking about presentations. But not like skills, presentation skills. We're just talking about like actually both of us are speaking.
1: I thought you were going to say prison.
0: Prison? Because <laughs> yeah. you are pres-
1: prison. <laughs> I was like, that sounds a lot like prison. I don't know anything about prison. Except for orange is the new black. But okay. Prison. Team. Or
0: um, what's that one with um, Wentworth Miller?
1: Prison Break. Prison Break. Prison Break. Look at his Prison Break? That's so great. Oh my God. <sighs> They are going to do a reboot, but I'm not excited about it. Are that. they? Yeah. I mean, Why do they reboot things? I don't know. I think it's because we're all just getting old now. And so things that were like, you know, young, like mm, nostalgic for us. And we're like, yay, it's back. Mm. So presentations.
0: So yeah, presentations. So we're presenting at the inaugural. Ooh. Nice word, huh? Ooh, yes. Inaugural. Oh.
1: That makes me feel so fancy.
0: Midlands Voice Conference, which is gonna be held at the University of Northampton in September, yeah. in the year of our Lord, 2018. I don't know why I have to say that, but I always find it. I love it. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> is,
1: September 14th, that's when
0: it is. Yes, Friday the 14th. Friday the 14th. Um, an otherwise lucky day mm. uh, mm-hmm. of September 2018. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be held at Northampton University, University of Northampton, um and it's being run by the wonderful, fabulous Gemma Bowden, who oh. I have worked with for many, many years. And she is my bestie, my bestie of the whole world. Um
1: all the love.
0: And seeing her tomorrow, sure. I mean
1: I tomorrow to will be
0: really. like the past by the time people listen to this. Oh yeah, that's
1: true. So
0: like I spoke I speak to her almost every day, so like whatever. <laughs>
1: I like how you were literally going to try and figure out when that was going to be. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it was like so if future you put that out like three pa- days in advance.
0: Days like, of future past. No, no. that's an X Men movie. There I don't days, know what's going on.
1: I thought that was the name of a book.
0: It probably was a book.
1: I've, I don't know. There is a book called Days of Future Something. Anyway,
0: we've digressed. Mm. I mean, I, it's not just because she's my friend that we're speaking there, but partly. <laughs>
1: Harley, yeah. Harley, yeah. yeah.
0: So it's the inaugural um I'm voice conference. This word. Inaugural. I like saying it inaugural. Inaugural. Um, no no doubt somebody will comment and be like, that's not how it's pronounced.
1: And that's also not the right uses of it. But I think it is <laughs> <laughs> <It's> the first <laughs> It's meeting. the first ever. It's yeah. the first ever. Yeah.
0: The first inaugural, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so I'm um, trying to make
1: inaugural a thing.
0: So yeah, so um yeah so we're speaking there and we're doing presentations each yes and your presentation is about what miss fudge
1: it is on accent fossilization
0: is that a thing did you make it it up it
1: is i so somebody was that you (laughs) asked
0: me that that.
1: (laughs) somebody somebody asked me that and they were like did you make that up and i was like i do make up a lot of words i'm not gonna lie like linguistic memetic what was it 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 was linguistic memetic representation which i think is also a contradiction but um i did not make up accent fossilization it comes from like an old school esl term that people use which is basically after your critical period of learning which is debatable now but most people think it's around like 14 16 ish um After that period of time, you can't change your accent in a language that is not your primary accent. Or your, I'm sorry, in a. Oh gosh, I can speak words in in a language that is not your first language, right? So if you learned like Spanish, right, at sixteen or like seventeen, right, then you then you probably um you probably will have a hard time learning like. Um, a Puerto Rican Spanish versus like a Dominican Spanish, right? So your accent okay. will probably be whatever accent you learned at like 16 when you started learning Spanish. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hence, my Belgian family in Brussels being like, oh, listen to you, you're very posh, Um, <laughs> when I speak French. Because yes. my accent is quite Parisian. Yes.
1: yes. And
0: then if I go to Canada, when I go to Canada, they're all like...
1: <laughs> if I go to Canada.
0: What is that all about? Because like, yeah. then I like... You from Paris? Like, no. Nope.
1: Yeah, it's a very hard thing to change, and so they call it accent fossilization. Um, and my whole presentation is about this kind of myth of accent fossilization, um, and it came about, yeah.
0: So you don't think it's a thing?
1: Um, do I?
0: Oh, I tune in to find out. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! It's only because I had a lot of ESL students come to me um, specifically because they needed to learn RP in drama schools. Um, and so, when you say
0: ESL, just break that out.
1: English second language learners. They right. could also be called L's, which is also a really cute word for them. L's. Yeah, which is English language learners. How cute. Um, I see. Or you have ESL's, which are English second language, or, or, or ESL's, which I don't really use, which is English second language learners. English Second Language Learners or English Second Learners is also another one. There are a whole bunch of them. Too many
0: acronyms now. So in ESL.
1: Yeah. And what's there? it's it's English as a second language. Right. Yeah.
0: So they, so you had students who were English as a second language Yeah. Students. Yeah. Who had to learn RP at drama school.
1: Yeah. So they were, you know, they were like, I want to be an actor and I'm going to go to the best place in the world for acting. Uh, And they're like, I'm coming to London. And then, just because of lots of things. <laughs>
0: just because of lots of things that we will talk about another time when yes, we discuss our
1: don't have Sure, the there's time. not enough time. Um, they were required to learn um, an RP accent and they were having a really tough time. Yeah. And there was this big thing out there that was like, couldn't, can they even get this? Is this a thing that... Can happen because of accent fossilization have they learned english too late in life to be able to change their pronunciation of english but
0: i guess like if you can hear that bath is different from bath yeah that because it's so everybody i know who i ever work with who comes to the uk whether they're native english speakers or english as second language or even third fourth fifth or hundredth language mm. that they come to the uk and they they're like okay this is the craziest place yeah ever because i especially london because you hear english spoken in a multitude of different accents whether that's native native for want of a better phrase but native british accents or regional accents or whether that's international english accents whether that's um different cultural influences or ethnic influences or even continental influences, whether it's European or African or Australasian or Asian or whatever it might be, but it's kind of, you're coming from, coming at English from all these different perspectives. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and every single time, somebody's going to say the word slightly differently.
1: Yeah.
0: You might have inversions of V vi- of and and woo. Yeah. Like lots of Hindi speakers I've worked with, or Urdu speakers do mm. the same thing. So it's like, people come to the UK or come to London and they just go, how am it I supposed to understand massively anyone? It was really
1: overwhelming for me when I came. Because really? I came from a place in which English was not the primary language. I came from South Korea, straight to London. Oh, yes, of course. And then I was and and then I was kind of it was a not only was it like a whole other language thing and I had to start mm. thinking about things weirdly enough in English and not as (laughs) and not as Korean people say them in English. is like a weird thing to think about but I had to think about that and then I had to think about well oh how does the syntax work Mm because it's a little bit different in terms of like question asking and when people are just kind of doing statements and politeness how does politeness work it's a big thing too and um just kind of like what is a question in kind of like American accent dialect is not a question necessarily in UK understanding of the question. And that was very confusing for me. And so if you take that and you multiply it, right, by these um, students who are coming from English being their third or fourth language, Mm -hmm. right, um, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You've got like syntax, you've got morphology, and you've got all the sounds and things that are changing. So basically I was just kind of like, well, can we do it? Yes, we can.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, Bob the Builders Bob the response. Builder. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> yes, we can. That's what I was. That's all I was aiming to do. Yeah.
0: And so you were looking at like the application of it for pedagogy, or the application for it as an individual.
1: I was doing it. Um, I was doing it from a pedagogy kind of kind of a look. Right. Yeah. It was just kind of like. Uh, I picked three things. I was like, we're gonna try it from like an imaginative kind of perspective using yeah. the imagination. We did it kinesthetic wise. So using the body and physical things to get into that. And then we just did pure kind of uh, mimetic and uh, things. So it's literally just a lot of listen and repeat, listen and repeat, listen and repeat. And we just figured out which one was better. Um, if there was a better one uh, and if any of it worked um, and if it didn't, why not?
0: Hmm. And mimetic is my is like copying, right?
1: Yeah, so like miming.
0: Yeah, sort of, like miming comes from the same sort of place. I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. So like, so there's a philosophical word for mimetic, but we're not gonna get into that because like, sure. who needs Plato at this hour? But um, yeah, we're just talking about like you hear it, you say it.
0: Right. So like, yeah, copying and repeating, yeah. and uh, it's a
1: lot of like, look at things. my mouth, do the thing that my mouth is doing. Oh, so look literally at like mirroring as well. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Yeah. Because mimetic is one of those words that I think you're one of the only people I know that uses that word, which is <laughs> kind of fabulous. But like, it's true. And I kind of, every time I hear you say it, I'm like, such a cool word. I wish I used that word.
1: That's because I was obsessed with it when I was in college because we had, um, uh, uh, mimetic representation. We, because we did a whole thing with like Plato and Mimesis and that whole like state and like the form theories of forms. Which we a, have no time to get into today. But if you have any time <laughs> but it be a and you want to hit me up, like that's one of my favorite things to talk about. It's awesome. like the theory of forms. And so now I just kind of, I just kind of slide it in wherever.
0: if don't <laughs> say mimetic.
1: if don't say mimetic. Um, even if it's, it doesn't always apply. But yeah, that's my thing. Love it. Mm-hmm. So, Leon. Yeah. Tell me about your prez. Your presentation. Prez? Your prez. Do you have a Prezi?
0: I love, prez-y. Gonna, I, love
1: prez- I You know I do prezzy now in my classes Kids of you. Do you? Yeah, I did. I did a Prezi the other um, the other day. That was like months ago. <laughs> it feels <laughs> like the other day. We're in podcast <laughs> land. It's fine. You could be the other day. You could be
0: tomorrow. You could be there Tuesday. Is,
1: there is no time. It doesn't matter. We are the time.
0: Anybody, you, people are listening to this on the toilet. You don't know. Hi, people on the toilet. Hi. You're probably not. You might be. I don't know.
1: Um. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. prezies I'm doing a prezi. I was
0: so when I did my PGCE.
1: Yeah. I love a prezi.
0: Oh goodness. Um. I did a prezi, and three people in my class couldn't watch what I was doing because they felt um motion sickness. What? (laughs) Yeah. So like.
1: How many slides did you have? We just like going through things. Well, I did it like, like
0: on a. I had like the the like the final word. I quite like doing like the final thought. Oh and right, going go like into hidden. it. Yeah, but it's like it, so, it works, so. I often create prezies backwards. So then yeah. you kind of like this, 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 this. And then it builds into something larger because yeah. it's quite nice. I like narrative, as you know. So like it's that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, yeah, definitely, Janine. Hi, Janine. Probably not listening, but um, Janine. Yeah, she, she was like, can you please never ever do one of those again? I feel really sick. And she just couldn't couldn't do it. So I was like, eh, forget it. Why? So just use PowerPoint.
1: All my students loved it. Except when it doesn't load. And then you're just like on a screen for a little bit. And <laughs> you just have to kind of like...
0: Thanks, Prezi. And you just
1: got to kind of... Fat. I was like, well, where this R is, should be.
0: <laughs> but it's one of those, I think it's different for different age groups and for different ways that people would engage with technology.
1: Mm. So I think people who are
0: used to like 3D glasses, 3D engagement with like movies, in movie movie theatres as well as like on TV, like at home, not, you know what I mean, like Blu-ray or whatever.
1: Oh yeah. Because
0: like, I mean Blu-ray or like streamed 3D movies. What's really
1: sad is you said Blu-ray and I was like, yeah, no, I know exactly what he means. But that's not what that was.
0: What? What did you think Blu-ray was? Because
1: I thought the Blu-ray was like, I thought I was singing Blu-ray for 3D, but Blu-ray was just... It was know, just a just different like a, DVD Yeah, thing. it's like a
0: DVD, but like extra hard... What's it called? Not hard. High definition.
1: Right. So HD. Yeah, HD. It's Boom, HD. Boom. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got and great. then you can
0: make it 3D, whatever. Blah, blah. Yeah. So I think it depends. But yeah, Prezi. We've really gone off on a tangent yeah. about Prezi.
1: Talk about your presentation. So my
0: presentation <laughs> is about audibility and projection because...
1: Ooh.
0: Um... As an actor myself, mm-hmm. the note that I am very seldom given is, can you be louder or I can't hear you?
1: <laughs> I was never told that <laughs> So I'm like,
0: why is everybody so quiet? And every single time I work on a show as a director or as a producer, or I am called in as a voice coach on a show, the primary request is, make them louder, I can't hear them. Or make them Louder, I don't understand what they're saying. Hmm. So make them louder is often the thing that people say. So like, we can't hear them. It must be about projection. Right. Can you teach them projection? Yeah, fine. So then I kind of work with people looking at projection and audibility, which is kind of projection is from the performer's perspective and audibility is sort of from the audience's perspective. Okay. Although in conversation with the various practitioners that I researched with and interviewed, they're all saying, well... I don't think projection's really the thing. It's more about sharing and it's more about kind of filling a space rather than
1: projecting
0: that. it out. And I was like, okay, but but everyone says projection.
1: I think other, I don't know who said this. Um, I want to say it was Christina Shaw. Um, whose name sure. I'm not pronouncing correctly. Christina, sure, yeah, lovely. Um, she was talking about volume, how we're not supposed to say volume because volume is a, is a measurement in science for other things. But I think there was something there about projection.
0: So the difference between, to my understanding of it, the uh-huh. volume is is a is a is a measurement of, um, yeah, it's like a it's a quantity. Yeah. Um. So and but volume with ret- in terms of sound is a perception. So we perceive a volume, Uh, but what we actually can measure when we're measuring things acoustically is intensity. uh, And so what we measure is intensity in different aspects of formants and different aspects of acoustic envelopes and how things are able to be packaged as sound that are then sent out in different ways from you, from your vocal folds and out through your body and how you manifest that and how you sort of adjust them for the space and therefore how people listen.
1: Right.
0: So um, some brilliant stuff from years and years ago. Cicely Berry was talking about critical distance. And the critical distance is the distance between like you, Mm -hmm. your mouth, and the the ear of the listener. Right. So you have to be conscious as the performer of the critical distance between the words that you are creating and forming and articulating in your body as they travel through the air at 330 metres per second. And Mm. then they hit the eardrum of the person that they're affecting, mm-hmm. literally moving that person, mm-hmm. that person's ear, that's then translated into neurological things and stuff going on inside the brain, thoughts, response, thinking, thoughting, you know, thinking, thoughting. Thinking, feeling, like backwards it. and forwards, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And then they go, oh okay, fine. And then they understand it. If they if the critical distance is not acknowledged, then you get this kind of jam. Mm. Where people go, I don't, I don't understand what's going on because mm. they're talking too fast, or I don't know. It's just not loud enough. But it's not necessarily that it's not loud enough. Sometimes it's lots of volume, but you still can't hear anything. Yeah. So some of the, um, volume levels, levels of intensity, mm. <laughs> in some of the uh, the decibel levels, basically. Yeah. In some of the. Theatres in the West End and around the world Mm -hmm. are really, really high because people want to hear and feel the sound. Right. But you can't really... It's so loud that your ears just sort of ring afterwards and they hurt. So you actually don't get the acoustic information. You don't get the sound of the people's voices or the music. What you get is like this kind of...
1: Overwhelming. Yeah,
0: overwhelming thing. And so you just... You don't really get it anymore. It stops you from actually enjoying and understanding it.
1: That's so interesting. My question then is um about um how do i want to say this it's it's about so because it feels quite personal to me like Mm. in terms of in terms of perception because i know a lot of people who say that oh no i can't hear you but what they're really saying is i can't understand you so they're saying i can't understand so it's about clarity then in that way it's where i don't understand where the word starts and where it ends Mm -hmm. right which is quite different from saying i can't hear you but people will always say that no i can't hear you or i don't it's not loud enough so then like did you how what is that
0: <laughs> so so then it so this is what happened right right is with the research is with, with my um investigation through all of it is that it's i was like well, it's about projection it's about audibility like can you hear what somebody is saying and right. then and i know the voice science surrounding it more or less mm-hmm. um, but then talking to voice practitioners around the globe and some people saying well it's more about connection it's about imaginative connection and wanting to share and I was like oh, you know, I don't buy it that the actors who are inaudible are less imaginative mm. I just don't see that correlation it does, I mean maybe it is true I don't know I've not done that research but it's interesting to that people are kind of making that connection yeah And then talking with other people, they were saying, bringing in things about um, how we hear. So not just critical distance, but also the law of temporal summation, which we will, I'm sure, talk about some other time, uh, which is about acoustic events and how the brain picks it up and the ear hears. Mm -hmm. Or the ear hears and the brain picks it up. So it's trying to find those moments where you can kind of plug the science into the way that people are are being spoken to and told stories Mm. And that sometimes it's not to do with the volume, as you're saying, and it's to do with clarity. Mm. So it's like, well... And then what often happens is the note is, pick up the ends of sentences. Yes. Don't drop the ends of the phrases. So then yeah. it becomes about something energetic. Yeah. So then everything is turned up energetically. So then it becomes sort of shouty or frenetic. Yeah. And then you go, well, if it's not that, then, then what is it? Like, yeah. what is it that we're doing? Like, is it... It becomes... It becomes then increasingly difficult to find the thing that it is that we're dealing with that needs to be adjusted yeah. um, and then at the same time actors have a difficulty with understanding what it is to make a loud sound in a large space right. so that they can be heard that doesn't that isn't actually shouting right? because lots of actors will say oh I'm shouting I don't like it it doesn't feel real Right, and then you're like but you're not shouting. All you're doing is speaking loudly.
1: Oh, 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 oh! Oh my gosh! I had this. Okay, so <laughs> d- I, you probably don't remember my IPP. <laughs> but one of my things in my IPP was that once the resonance of my voice changed, it didn't yes. sound like my voice anymore, mm-hmm. and I didn't recognize it, and it made it freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of that in there though because I've worked with students too who when yeah. they start to make louder and it's and, like I know this is especially really true with singing Like Mm. when you start to do those like belty kind of a thing, it sounds terrible at first, if you're just starting (laughs) it. Um, It does, it can. can. Some people are really talented though. So so, so for some people it's really great. Um, But sometimes it can sound really, really bad. And then all of a sudden you start to correct it in your mind and you just go, oh, that's a terrible sound, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And you like self-correct it because you hear something outside of yourself that you don't recognize as being you.
0: But you also don't recognize the sensation. Right. And voice feels different depending on what you're creating. Right. Shouting feels different to whispering. Mm. Feels different to crying. Feels different to wailing. Feels different to laughing. Feels different. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. I mean, I know some of these things are not necessarily voice, but if you're voicing those things, they feel different.
1: Right.
0: Being high pitched or low pitched feels different. It does. So acoustic the acoustic properties in your body change. And we talk about secondary resonance. Right. Whether that's chest resonance, or abdominal resonance, or pelvic resonance, or whether that's the bones of your feet, or tarsals and metatarsals no. vibrating inside your body. Like, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um, I have that a lot, that people, if I'm sitting on a bench with somebody and having a conversation, they're like, can you feel that? I can feel you right like, now. Like, <laughs> I can, you I can feel, feel the chair. And it's like, and I'm going, but that's just, that's not... It's not bench resonance, it's yeah. just like, that's, <laughs> that's because it's working quite well. You, Do you think know that's the I mean? workshop, like,
1: now we're going to try bench resonance? Yeah, but it's kind bench. of
0: taking a step back from that and looking at what it is, where is it is. Where is it? Where is that coming from, rather right. than like, where has that ended up? Right. But, but the thing about, to come back to what you were saying, the thing about how you feel about your voice,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's often one of the biggest challenges with coaching, Yeah, and especially with teaching. Is that people say, "Yeah, but it doesn't sound like me." Yeah, and there are some things that are functionally less efficient, less useful to a performer, and they, and when you make it more efficient and more more functional, more easily functionable, or functional, that people then say, "Oh, but it doesn't feel like me, or it doesn't sound like me." Yeah, and sometimes I have to say to people, "You know, this sounds more like you than you normally sound." Yeah. Because you're actually creating more sound. Yeah. So it's, I mean, sometimes it doesn't at all, but it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But often what happens is that you go, well, it. this is easier. So if it's easier, then why are you, mm. why are you worried about it? And people well, kind of get really concerned.
1: Sometimes, I did, the, this is like my last thing, but I remember speaking to somebody who was told like as a child to be quiet. All the time, mm. like you, you make too much noise. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. And then, as you, like you hold that within you, mm. and then you don't feel like you can make a like enough sound. And so that when you get into your adult life and you have to fill these spaces, being louder, allowing yourself to be that, feels quite um scary. And it feels like something you shouldn't be doing because all your life you've been told to be quiet and be quiet and be quiet. Mm-hmm. And then like boom, and then you hear it and you feel like this. It's like a.
0: It is, but it also, this is a direct quote from, um, from a great lady who I, whose work I, I work with quite a lot, um, that she talked about wanting to get people to allow themselves to be heard. Right. Because if you're told to be quiet the whole time, mm-hmm. um, you can't express what's inside you. Yeah. As Barbara Houseman said at a meeting many years ago <laughs> that I've h- held on to every single time and for years, which is that voice is an expression of our sacred inner Ooh. which is a wonderful very Barbara that. phrase which we love um, and we love Barbara but it's that kind of wonderful kind of thing of you go well how else do I express what's inside me right. and if you're told that the expression of what's inside you is wrong yeah. then you start to think that what's happening on the inside of you is wrong
1: yeah,
0: and is and is not worth sharing with anybody and it is, is so and it's kind of it's really important that yeah. we then go well actually you should have the opportunity to speak and speak up and be heard.
1: Yeah, this all came from projection. That's right. Oh my gosh, this got so deep. I know. See, I knew you had it in you last time because you, <laughs> like, you were like, no, no, this is not, the, As like, we I'm not that deep. Realizations. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
0: I don't think we did the sound though at the beginning.
1: No. We okay. can do it now and then put it in. Yeah. No, we won't no. put it in. We'll just we'll, we'll just, just do, do it, it, it. We'll do it now. We'll do it now. Okay.
0: What's your sound and your movement? Ma. Mine is...
1: Oh, lip action happening. <laughs> no, I'm feeling
0: quite lippy today.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And what's your realisation?
1: Um, my realisation um, has to do with the inner connection of the psyche and the physical so the connection between the mind and the body and the voice. Oh, Mind-body
0: voice. Mind body voice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which I'm constantly, constantly evaluating and reevaluating and thinking. That's about. great.
0: That's a great thing to do, right? Yeah. Um what's my realization? Uh, my realization is that I really love the word mimetic. Mm, yeah. I mean I said it before, but it's really true. And also that we should allow people to use their voices and to speak because otherwise, how else are they going to express themselves?
1: Yeah.
0: Not just through liking us on Instagram.
1: Which you can do. Which you can totally do. You and can you can also like
0: us and follow us on
1: Facebook. Twitter, okay. Facebook.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. YouTube. Hi, YouTube people. Hey.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah that was a great segue by the way i know thanks so smooth sure so smooth i didn't even know it was happening until the end i was like oh we." i mean
0: it's just it's rounding off the narrative you know it's
1: stop it
0: (laughs) 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 and if you want to contact us do so leave a comment you can leave a comment you can rate and review this podcast such as it is so far Mm. on um your podcast viewer of choice or downloader of choice what's the word Listener. Provider. provider Your platform. podcast pro platform. You love a platform. I love a platform. And um, yeah, let us know.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. End of episode two. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.